Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. What a joy the prayer room was to uh, have it filled with people seeking God. Amen. I'm just curious, how many of you, you either have not been able to meet at all or you have limited capacity in lockdown? Amen, but you're able to be here. Thank God. So I am glad that you are here. We're going to have a wonderful week in God, and um, it is uh, an honor to have you here. Just want to uh, thank all of you that are watching online as well. You couldn't be with us. Uh, Not many people from overseas could be here, and I know that some states have quarantines if you were to come, and uh, so I appreciate you watching and participating online. Turn in your Bibles as we begin to the book of Haggai, chapter 1. The book of Haggai and chapter 1. The uh, Tokyo Electric Power Company, they owned and operated a nuclear plant in Fukushima, Japan. In 2008, they did a safety test And the test showed if they had an earthquake, it could cause a tsunami as high uh, as 52 feet, a wave 52 feet high that had the capability of damaging or destroying the power plant, the nuclear power plant. The recommendation was you need to build a seawall to protect this, but the company delayed construction due to the cost that was involved. In 2011, a magnitude 9.0 earthquake and tsunami struck the plant, destroyed the facility. Three out of six of the nuclear reactors suffered devastating meltdowns, and in all, 18,500 people were either killed or missing, and multiplied thousands were injured. So here's the point of that story. It was time to build, but they delayed, and by delaying, it caused destruction. The scripture that we're going to read, God's people have stopped building the temple, the wonderful miracle that God did in uh, the book of Ezra. Now they have stopped building. They have turned away from the will of God And the prophet challenges them, it is time to build. And in that statement, the the passage that we're going to read shows us something about the timing, the urgency, and the blessing of doing God's will. I want to preach a message I've entitled, Time to Build. Haggai 1, we're going to start reading at verse 1, we'll skip through the chapter One through five says, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came 
by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses in this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Skip down to verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest with all the remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord God had sent him. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of God's people, or of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Time to build. Let's begin. Let's talk about purposes and seasons. This scripture shows us that God has plans and purposes in the earth. There are things that God wants to happen, things he intends to happen. The context of the story is the rebuilding of the temple, an incredible miracle that the nation had been destroyed, the temple had been destroyed, but God planned that the temple be rebuilt. And so this shows us that God makes plans for his will. He sovereignly chooses. That was not something that they chose. God chose. He plans certain things to happen in order to bring about his overall purposes. He plans for salvation to come to people. He has plans in people's lives. He has plans for nations. And those plans are for other people. Nehemiah 2.17, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. The plans of God are always about the people who are in distress. Other people, it is not about us fulfilling our own destiny or plans. It is the distress of people while we are gathered in this wonderful atmosphere tonight. There are people that are, are going to go to bed tonight bound and ad addicted to drugs and alcohol, guilt and shame, uh, dogs every moment of their waking lives, loneliness and emptiness, despair in the COVID era, the suicide rate has skyrocketed. And here is God, his plans are about those people. We're not gathered here to find out how you can be or I can be something wonderful. It is about the people who are in distress. They're on their way to a devil's hell. 
But the purposes of God that this scripture brings out, God moves in seasons. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says, to everything there is a season, there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Seasons, they have limited duration. Seasons will not last forever. Seasons of favor, they don't last forever. Doors that are open, they don't stay open forever. John 9, 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. Jesus worked as a carpenter until age 30, and he understood the reality of this. He had to finish the work before the sun went down because when the sun went down with no electricity, no more work could be done. And he challenges his disciples. He said, that is how the purposes of God work. We must work because there is night coming. That season of favor that we have, the opportunity to labor, it will come to an end. Listen, not only is that true about seasons in general, the Bible tells us that we are living in the last days. That time is literally running out for planet Earth. On the banner is Matthew 24, 44, I'm coming at an hour you do not expect. A year ago, January, if you would consider the, the principle of prophecy and the fact that one day uh, people would willingly give up their freedom to the Antichrist and allow their lives to be controlled, we could have considered what red-blooded American would give up their rights. But then COVID came, we're all going to die. We discover that fear has caused people to give up, to cede control. This is simply a test run for what is coming because time is literally running out on planet Earth. So this means that we have to approach the work of God with urgency. That is the theme of our conference. That means we have to do all that we can as fast as we can. The war in Afghanistan and Iraq, the military, they made a commitment. You know, when soldiers are wounded on the battlefield, often the mortality rate is high because of how long it would take them to get to a hospital. They made a, a commitment, what they called the golden hour. If someone is wounded on the battlefield, wherever it is, they're going to do everything they can to make sure they get them to a hospital within an hour because they understand their chances of survival go up if they are treated urgently. And so our text is dealing with urgency and seasons and the problem is that God's people sometimes ignore the truth of seasons. God's people can assume that they will have forever. They don't disagree when you say we need to do the work of God. They will say amen, but many times they can assume that they have plenty of time to do that. 
In fact, I will after I do some other things. Verse 2, this people says, the time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. What they said is, what is the urgency? We have been in captivity for years. Finally, we get some freedom. We're going to at some point. The book of Haggai is, is written because of God's people. Two things were going on that caused them to delay. Number one, they allowed problems and resistance to cause them to stop building the work of God. The book of Ezra records this. There were people that were opposing God's work, so they wrote nasty letters to the king, to government officials, and then this caused the king and the government to write letters to God's people saying, stop doing the will of God. And so they said, okay, gee, I guess the government doesn't want us to obey God. What can we do? This is the problem in our day and age. There are people in an anti-Christian political climate. COVID has caused some believers to say, you know what, we're going to do the work of God, but let's just wait it out. Let's just wait till COVID-19 is all gone and then we'll get back to doing the will of God. That is foolishness. Because guess what comes after COVID-19? COVID-20. <laughs> the second thing that was going on in our text is God's people were concentrating more on prospering financially than they were on the work of God. Verse 4, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? God had done an unbelievable miracle. Their nation was destroyed. They were carried away captive, living in a foreign land, and God caused a heathen, a foul, violent, pervert king. He said, you know what? All of you Jews, you can move back home, and in fact, I will give you money to rebuild the temple. So these people were allowed to go home. This incredible miracle that God did to rebuild the temple, and they went home and started building their house. And any of you know this, if you buy a house, you know what happens. Then they started looking around, but we could just expand that a little bit. And you know, this kitchen, this is an old kitchen. We really need to make this nicer. And pretty soon, the work of God is kicked to the curb while God's people are rejoicing in the wonderful prosperity that God had given them. The nation of America, four years ago, a miracle occurred. Donald Trump was elected. That was not supposed to happen. And that ushered in unprecedented prosperity from economic de decline that was reversed the political bias against Christian, that Christianity was reversed in many areas. But the question is this, what did you do with the last four years that God gave? That was a miracle. You know why God did that? So that we can do the work of God. But many of God's people, listen, history repeats itself. Many of God's people said, 
thank you, Jesus, for all this blessing that God has given so we can now buy and build better stuff. And God says, is it time? You're distracted from what God wants. The nation of China this year, we've gone through great turmoil. Almost all of our missionaries that we had in China have had to leave in there. I I was thinking about this as I was preparing this message. I wonder how many people in this conference body are watching online, you thought of going to China as a missionary. You thought as a pastor, you thought about sending someone to China, but you didn't. And now that door is swinging closed because God's purposes move in seasons and seasons are limited. There was a former coach of the San Francisco 49ers. His name was Steve Mariucci. He said, I never wear a watch because I always know it's now, and now is when you should do it. He should have written an addendum to the book of Haggai. (laughs) Is it time to build your purposes, or is it time to build God's purposes? The time is now. Let's talk about the consequences of disobedience. When God's people ignore seasons, think about what happens. Number one, the work of God is harmed. God's plan was that the temple be rebuilt as a testimony and a meeting place with God. But 16 years had now come and gone by the time that we read our scripture. God's temple was still in ruins. The testimony of God was still hurt. There was not a meeting place with God. So this is the problem is that the work of God is harmed. When pastors focus on prospering themselves instead of building the ministry, the work of God suffers. When disciples are pursuing their plans instead of their calling that God has shown them, instead of the will of God, then the work of God is harmed. There's a second thing. That is that the blessing of God can be missing. Listen, when God's people don't prioritize God's will, God doesn't bless that. In fact, our scripture says, if you don't make the will of God a priority, not only will he not bless what you're doing, sometimes he'll fight you. Verse 6, you've sown much and bring in little. You eat but don't have enough. You drink, you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. This is a practical dimension. They were noticing this in their life. Financial blessing was missing. Miracles. We often in conference hear stories in the offering about the wonderful miracles that God does. But listen, God does wonderful miracles for people financially so that they can do his will. 
Verse 9, you look for much and indeed it came to little. Now he's talking about farming people, that they're laboring. They are putting in labors in the crops or in their vineyards or the trees, whatever they're working on. But he says the problem is your efforts are not seeing results. There is the blessing of God that is missing. And the reason why is simple. Why should God give us his best when we're not giving him our best. See, right? That's what we want. We want to give God leftovers, discount after everything else, but then we have a need. It's like, come on, God, bring down the best. But God says it doesn't work that way. The miracles that you often hear about are people that are pursuing the will of God. They are pursuing God's purposes in church planting and missions and going overseas because people of season seriously that people who understand the purposes of God they come first God says I will give you my best I will bring a miracle dimension for that kind of heart third thing that happens when we disobey is that people can be destroyed. Listen, while God's people don't do what they're called to do, I want to tell you something. People don't stop dying. People don't stop committing suicide. People don't stop going to hell. Listen, while we become consumed with our own plan, the devil doesn't just say, look, I, I know you were planning on wrecking your life and going to hell. Could you all just take a time out here? There are people in America, they, they got some stuff to take care of first. That's not how it works. The people that are addicted, the people that are bound, the people that are desperate. This is Mordecai. He comes to his niece Esther. He says, you have to go in and talk to the king because a wicked man named Haman has cooked up a plot to, that all Jews be murdered. And she says, listen, I'm scared. I'm scared. You, you, you don't understand. You can't come in if, if, if the king doesn't let. And he says to her, listen, we are going to die. I'm not asking you to fulfill your best life now. We're going to die if you don't do this. That is the cry of people. Proverbs 24, 11, save those who are being led to their death. Rescue those who are about to be killed. Young Canadian couple, they went for a walk in the moonlight in the wheat fields near their house. They had their small son with them and while they were distracted, he wandered away. They knew he was missing. They searched themselves for a while, but in the thousands of acres, they couldn't find him, and they knew it, the temperature was dropping. This boy's going to freeze to death find him. And so they went and got some people from the town. You've got to help us. They started searching, and no one could find him. And finally, someone said, let's form a human chain. Hold hands so we don't miss any space. Let's walk together through this. And they went up and down, and finally someone said, I found him. But it was too late. The little boy died of exposure. 
Many of the people, they're weeping, and someone was heard to say, Oh, God, why didn't we join our hands together sooner? Because that is the purposes of God. We are literally talking about lives. We are talking about souls. God says that is why we must obey in the season that God gives us. There's a fourth thing that can happen if we disobey, and that is that God can choose to move on and replace us. I ministered this to the leaders, just this thought last week. Listen, if we don't, there can be damage, the things that I said, but I want to tell you something about God. God will not give up on his purpose forever simply because we won't do it. Listen, the Bible principle is this. God can choose to replace us and find somebody else. Esther 4.14, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows but whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He says, Esther, listen, there will be temporary damage if you won't do the will of God. Yes, there will be people that will die. You may die yourself. But let me tell you something about God. He'll find somebody else. He's not going to throw up his hands and say, I guess the whole world is going to hell. No, he said he'll find someone else. He'll replace you. You find that principle all through the Bible. Jacob replaced Esau. Joseph replaced Reuben. David replaced Saul. 1 Kings 2.35, the king put Benaiah in his place over the army and Zadok the priest in place of Abiathar. Acts 1.20, it's written in the book of Psalms, let another take his office or his position. You know, I I gave a a challenge to the leaders and I said, if you think about it, it's well possible that we are a replacement fellowship. We're here in our wonderful fellowship, Christian fellowship ministries, whatever the local name of your church is, that it is a powerful thing that we're a part of. But you know what? My father was not saved in our fellowship. He was saved in the Foursquare denomination. And as God began to breathe upon America and save young people and save hippies, he did that. He was a part of another group, but they rejected it. Some of them rejected the idea of these young people with all their problems coming into church at all. They said, we don't want that. The church he was from, that's what they said. We don't want those kind of people in our church. In the denomination, there were others that said, we don't mind people getting saved, but the idea that young people can just get saved and pursue the call of God without, without formal schooling, they can be a pastor, absolutely not, never. We don't want that. So the work of God didn't just come grinding to a halt. God said, fine, I'll raise up another fellowship. God forbid, listen, we... We don't say that to say we're better than, listen, if ever the day comes when we refuse to do the will of God, God will find somebody else. God forbid. 
that we be people that need to be replaced because God moves in seasons. Let's look at one final thought. Let's talk about considering our ways because the answer to the disobedience that the people were involved in is found in verse 5, consider your ways. In verse 14, then Zerubbabel and Joshua with the remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God sent him and the people feared the presence of the Lord. When they heard that challenge, consider your ways, they repented. To repent means a change of mind, to see things like God sees them. They understood, wait a minute, life is not about us, it's about God and his will. It's not about our preferences. They understood, listen, it's not about us, it's about other people who are desperate right now, desperately need to meet the living God. They're desperate because they're on their way to a devil's hell. The Macedonian man in the book of Acts, come over and help us. And that cry is being repeated right now in cities across the United States and all around the world when God's people will repent and see things like God sees them. It begins with repentance. Secondly, they allowed themselves to be stirred. Verse 14, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the people. That word stirred, it means to be awakened, to be aroused. It has the idea of both being bothered, something bothers you, and also it has uh, uh, the uh, another idea of being inspired or motivated. This is what has to happen in conference. Listen, I am praying this week that you will be bothered. I'm not praying for a peaceful conference for you. <laughs> you come in and the Holy Spirit's going to give you back rubs. You go, oh, oh, that, no, 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 no. I'm praying, I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will bother you. I'm trusting right now you're squirming by the Holy Spirit. But more than being bothered, I pray that God will inspire you. As you hear these reports, listen, you can do this. They're not different people. They're not super people. When you hear reports of what God is doing, that is what has to happen in conference. God's people have to be stirred. They have to let themselves be stirred. Thirdly, they responded in obedience. Verse 14, they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. I do not want you to simply say amen. Obedience involves actions. That is the question this week. What are the actions of obedience that God wants from you? For some of you, that may be as simple as repenting of your involvement in sin, repenting of your carnality. For others, you're not involved in sin, 
But the obedience means you are going to reorder. God is third or fourth or tenth on the list. You are going to reorder your God. Your life choices will come in line with the will of God. Others of you, you're going to have a challenge to reorder your finances. God is going to speak to you amounts. He's going to speak to you about the focus of your life that may involve your finances. The other thing is that God's people responded in obedience in a specific time frame. Verse 15, in the 24th day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Listen, I am not challenging you tonight on Monday night of conference to someday obedience. I'm not interested in, you know what? Someday when you go back, I'm not challenging you to eventual obedience. Eventually, after you do everything else, then do the will of God. I'm not challenging you do the will of God when it's convenient, when it's not costly, after you do this or that or the other thing, I'm challenging you to obey tonight. I'm challenging you to obey God this week, to give what God says, to plant churches this week, to go overseas, to pioneer, to take risk. This week needs to be the week of obedience. And when we do that, that is what releases the blessing of God. Verse 13, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. Listen, if God is with us, when we decide to obey God's will in his season, he says, I'm with you. If God is with us, there's a supernatural dimension that overcomes opposition. Listen, I understand opposition and political climate. God was able to overcome Haman and his wicked plans. God was able to judge Herod. If God is with us, he can overcome opposition. If God is with us, there is divine guidance. Listen, when you step out and do the will of God, you will understand God will guide you to the right place, to the right people. Last night... You should watch the live stream or, or get the audio of Tory Williams preaching wonderfully last night, a missionary, and he's talking and telling stories, telling, preaching about Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides in advance, but he's telling stories. I was so excited. Lisa and I got in the car and we said, that was not only powerful preaching, but the best part is that is what we've experienced all over the world. As we do the will of God, we have seen the hand of God wound up in exactly the right place, meeting exactly the right person because God is able to guide. If God is with us, there's supernatural blessing on our labors. What needs to happen is God has to do more than we can do. Acts 6, 7, the word of God increased. The number of the disciples multiplied Greatly in a great company, the priests were obedient to the faith. Amos 9, 13, the time will come, says the Lord, when the grains, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. 
This is what I am believing for in America. This is what I'm believing for around the world in our fellowship. I believe that God is going to bring a supernatural dimension that we will labor. Labors normally bring in so much result, but God says, I'm going to turbocharge it. I'm going to cause it to go far beyond anything you could ever do. And if God is with us, there will be a miracle supply of finances. Ezra 1 talks about the negative effect on our finances when we disobey, but the opposite is also true. When we obey, listen, God is able to give the money to do his will. That's what these people, they should have remembered this. What an incredible story. A man who has no affection for the Jewish people. He's violent. He conquers, destroys nations because he hates them. No doubt involved in witchcraft. No doubt involved in perversion. But a heathen king says, you know what? You need to go back and do the will of God and I will give you the money to pay for it. That's a miracle. Nehemiah, a heathen king, paid his money to rebuild the walls. Listen, God can give favor with buildings. He can provide resources for the work of God. Ecclesiastes 11.1, cast your bread upon the waters. You will find it after many days. I close with this story. Shortly before World War II, the Lutheran Missionary Society in Europe, they supported two native evangelists in Ethiopia who their plan was to work among the Walamo and the Kembata tribes in Ethiopia. So they put money behind this. They gave their support to these two native evangelists so that they could minister to these two tribes. They had very limited time to invest because World War II broke out. And when World War II broke out, the missionary society, they had to pull out and they had no more contact through the duration of the war. When World War II finished, the missionary society sent representatives back to Ethiopia. They found that those two men that they had invested in for a short time, they'd gotten one of their brothers saved and between the three of them, they had won nearly 50 thousand Walamos and Kembatas to Jesus Christ. Thank God. In a limited time frame, they said, let's do what we can now. And God got involved beyond. That is what I'm believing for this week. I'm believing God to stir your heart for the work of God this week. For the will of God this week, even tonight, I'm trusting God is stirring you that we will respond. What's going to happen in politics? Don't have a clue. But I'll tell you something. If God's people will commit themselves to the work of God, I am believing that God is going to bless. God is going to guide. God's going to overcome opposition. And we are going to see the favor of God as God's people say, it is time to build. How many of you say amen to that? Thank God for his goodness. Thank you, Jesus.
and that I want you to bow your heads. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,